This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Corn and soybean acreage is well below expectations in Thursday's USDA uh, acreage report firing up the grain markets. Corn acres are up one and a half million from the March intentions, but was more than a million acres below the average trade estimate. USDA left soybean acres unchanged from March, which was about 1.4 million acres below the average trade guess. For the top 10 states for production, North Dakota was the only one to increase corn and soybean acres. Soybean acreage in North Dakota at a record 7.2 million acres. That represents more than 8% of the U.S. corn crop, or U.S. soybean crop. Corn plantings in North Dakota totaling 3.6 million acres. In another historic move, the total corn and soybean acreage in North and South Dakota represents nearly 12.5% of the national crop, both states struggling due to drought. Total Farm Marketing Senior Market Advisor Naomi Bloom says the acreage report from USDA really was more in line with historical averages. Corn acres came in at 92.7, a million acres less than the average trade estimate. Soybean numbers came in at 87.6, almost 1.2 million acres less than the average estimate. The wheat number came in higher at 46.7, so that was a little bit of a surprise too. But, I mean, overall, what this report has done, it's given us a real firm footing on support levels on those charts. Seasonally, we usually see the market work higher into that first week of July until the next USDA report, which is going to be on Monday, July 12th. So we have very, very supportive report here. We're going to turn to weather, but overall, this is a bullish report. The quarterly stocks report showed U.S. corn supplies as of June 1st down 18% from a year ago at 4.11 billion bushels. Quarterly usage reported at 3.85 billion bushels, up 630 million from a year ago. Soybean stocks in all positions as of June 1st reported at 767 million bushels, down 44% from last year. On-farm stocks dropped 65%. Soybean usage during the quarter reported at 795 million bushels, down 9% from last year. All wheat stocks as of June 1st reported at 27.5 million bushels, down 18% from a year ago. On-farm stocks are down 38% from a year ago at 142 million bushels. Van On and company market analyst Christy Van On says the lower ending stock numbers for corn and soybeans is very substantial. Right now on hand compared to a year ago, we have almost 900 million bushel less corn on hand and almost just over 600 million bushel uh, less beans on hand than we did uh, a year ago. And so those are the big things to look at. So overall, the market was flooded with some some pretty friendly information out of this crop report, and it's all up to weather now moving forward. The acreage numbers in the June 30th crop reports were top third ag marketing market analyst Ed Dugan's focus. Dugan thinks those numbers are pretty close to being accurate. I think the most interesting tally from this report is, you know, I've been beating on the drum saying, you know, we can't have 95 million acres of corn and uh, 90 million acres of beans because we don't have that many acres. I mean, the, the, the record for corn and beans combined before this report was 180.2 million. Now we're at 180.3. We just don't have the arable, arable land anymore to, to plant that, that many of both. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
Tommy Grisafi and Advanced Trading present special boots on the ground reports on the Red River Farm Network. You got to have compassion for the North Dakota farmer if it was from the prevent plant from years before or just the overall lack of moisture. What my main goal is is to go out there and go visit those areas that hit those 103, 105 temps and there's just an incredible amount of damage here in the North Dakota wheat crop. Special boots on the ground reports on air and online July 7th, 8th and 9th brought to you by Tommy Grisafi and Advanced Trading. Rural Perspectives, providing insight into the markets and timely risk management information with experts from Ag Country Farm Credit Services. This is Don Wick from the Red River Farm Network. Look for the Rural Perspectives podcast at rrfn.com, the Ag Country website, or iTunes. This update provides information that will impact your bottom line. Rural Perspectives, presented by Ag Country Farm Credit Services and the Red River Farm Network. This week in agriculture, the Circuit Court of Appeals in Washington, D.C. has reversed a 2019 ruling by the Environmental Protection Agency lifting restrictions on the year-round sale of 15% ethanol blends. Oil refiners pushed back on the expanded use of biofuels and challenged the rule in court. The National Corn Growers Association, Growth Energy and Renewable Fuels Association said this ruling could take away lower carbon options at the gas pump. North Dakota farmers and ranchers are dealing with a historic drought. Their voices were heard firsthand by USDA leadership this past week. North Dakota Senator John Hoven hosting the FSA Administrator Zach Ducheneau and the Acting Administrator of the Risk Management Agency Richard Florinoy. Emergency livestock programs like LFP and ELAP have been already been triggered Ducheneau said he would like to see that process streamlined, though. Florinay said that uh, originally claims exceeding $200,000 automatically triggered an audit. However, that process has been tweaked already. North Dakota Stockman's Association Executive Vice President Julie Ellingson says livestock producers would like to see changes to that livestock forage program. Some of the challenges that some producers in North Dakota experienced, kind of the, the last statewide drought, related to some definitions that were included related to um, contract growers and how the contracts are written related to rate of gain and such. And so the language really was written more applicable, is more applicable to other species than how um, traditional beef contracts would be written. And so that caused some challenges in, in people being eligible. And so we think um, some revision, minor revisions really, to some language to better reflect the kinds of arrangements that are made with beef operations would alleviate some of those problems. Most of that sign-up has not occurred yet. Most, most producers in our state are eligible, but um, other priorities still with acreage reported. Chastely, North Dakota farmer Corey Hart has already filed a crop insurance claim for his spring wheat crop. However, Hart is having trouble just getting an adjuster to come out and look at it. We've asked for RMA to come out and do adjustment on wheat, and I was notified Tuesday morning that they wouldn't even send an adjuster out. They said leave strips. Well, we were contemplating on grazing it, uh, not knowing that the tissue samples that came back, it was too high in nitrates for grazing. And Friday we had gotten an inch of rain, so we're hoping to see the sorghum sedan on it. The Minnesota legislative session has wrapped up. All bills signed into law, no shutdown happening. The Minnesota Omnibus Agriculture Finance Bill, among those being signed into law, 
Ag Commissioner Tom Peterson says there was wide-ranging support for this bill. It passed the Senate 63-3 to and the House 112-20. to So getting both parties to agree on things in a broad uh, area is really great. And so I think that's what, you know, speaks to this bill that really, it will really, you know, help us put E15 and more pumps across the state, especially those smaller stations. It's really going to help build our livestock uh, processing, really trying to get more slaughter capacity at these smaller plants in the state. Um, it really uh, helps us attack uh, Palmer Amaranth uh, through our noxious weed grants. It continues to grow our hemp, our value-added programs. Plans have been announced for a new beef processing plant in Iowa. A group called Cattlemen's Heritage plans to build a $325 million facility with a daily capacity of 1,500 head. Construction should begin next spring and be open in late 2023. That plant will be located just off I-29, about 15 miles south of the Council Bluffs, Omaha area. I'm Don Wick. This is the Red River Farm Network. Enlist the power of Pioneer. Pioneer brand Enlist E3 soybeans, tolerant to 2,4-D choline, glyphosate, and glufosinate. They control the toughest weeds and deliver strong yield potential. Learn more during the Enlist Executive Plot Tour throughout the week of July 12th. Stops in Middle River, Devil's Lake, Fessenden, Pingree, and Amenia, 10 to noon each day. Check with your Pioneer rep and find out more about your local Enlist Executive Plot Day. Providing play-by-play for the business of agriculture. The Red River Farm Network. According to CFTC, I mean, it's a fact that large speculators are, are very, very heavily along the market in, in a historical context. That's about 600 uh, million bushels less than we were anticipating to have on hand. We need to kind of scale back our usage. Numbers are available anywhere. But when you want to know why the market is moving up or down, agriculture's first choice is the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Megan Overby on the Red River Farm Network. Nutrient Ag Solutions Principal Atmospheric Scientist Eric Snodgrass expects another week of hot weather before the heat breaks down. That large ridge that was over the west breaking all of those records in parts of Canada and the Pacific Northwest is has opened up and uh, we're now seeing that, that heat spread back over our area. So that's going to crank our evaporation rates up, that's going to send our temperatures back up into the, you know, the low 90s, maybe mid 90s, and the farther west you go, we'll, we'll see some triple digits again. And that's the exact opposite, I think, of what we want to be seeing this time. Snodgrass says there is some good news. It appears that we're going to anchor a, a ridge over the four corner states going into July, and we want that ridge there because that will give us a better chance for those ridge-riding thunderstorms. So let's get through the 4th of July weekend and start to see hopefully how things could open up next week. Over the past 30 days, most of South Dakota has received less than 25% of average precipitation for this time of the year. That from South Dakota State University Extension State Climatologist Laura Edwards. The state continues to miss out on significant rainfall. We have seen, you know, smaller events like we've seen over the last weekend. I know in the east especially, you know, a couple tents here or there that's kind of helping us tread water, especially on, on the crop, on the, at least on, on the corn and soybean side. Um, but I know other crops are already really struggling and or have been already at, at a significant loss, if not, if not total loss. July is here and the 
forecast brings very little to no chance of rain for the northern plains. Temperatures will also be on the warm side, reaching into the 90s and 100s this weekend. It's pretty tough news with not too much optimism for moisture uh, in the next week as we get through the July 4th holiday. After that, the first full week of July, this is the outlook continues to indicate um, warmer than average temperatures more likely over much of the northwest and, and north central states. Pretty good probability here when they're looking at 60% probability. Along with that, he's also um, leaning towards probability of drier than average conditions at that same time. It's been a season of little rain and a lot of heat for Oneida, South Dakota farmer Chuck Todd's crops. The winter wheat will be harvested, but the stand is thin and the crop is short. Spring wheat, my neighbors have, will probably not harvest any spring wheat in the area. Really low humidities. And so we get down below 20% humidity, and uh, boy, all that uh, moisture goes up in the air pretty fast. Berthold, North Dakota farmer Blake Inman, says the hot early days in the growing season took the top end off the Durham crop. We had some real warm days, you know, almost in upper 90s to 100 early on um, when when we were still you know pretty pretty dry so um, I think that honestly had more effect on um, limiting tillering and burned off some of the bottom leaves and stressed that early crop you know at, at the point you know all your wheat barley durums they set their yield potential for the year pretty early and it definitely um, hurt that potential. And that's been a look at weather this week in agriculture. For the latest farm news, markets, weather, and more, be sure to visit rrfn.com. Have a happy Independence Holiday Weekend. Reporting Agriculture's Business, I'm Megan Overby on the Red River Farm Network. This is a wake-up call. For you and your field's microbiome from Source by Sound Agriculture. Source is a revolutionary chemistry approach that doesn't rely on bulky nutrients or finicky biologicals to wake up your soil and unlock more corn from less than an ounce of application per acre. It's like caffeine for microbes. Source works with the soil you've already got and the equipment you already use. So if you're a grower, go to sound.ag and learn more. And if you're a microbe, time to rise and shine. From Roseau to Aberdeen and Benson to Rugby, we cover agriculture here on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA crop and supply demand reports, farm policy, and trade issues. We focus on the news that drives the markets. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it here on the Red River Farm Network. Go online to rrfn.com. You'll find news, podcasts, weather, and more.